Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Welcome, friends. Have we got another amazing episode for you coming right up? But first, I have something super special to announce and share. So here it goes. Are you new to gravel riding, road cycling, or racing, or even swifting? and are considering to take your current summer fitness to the next level? Well, fall and winter is the time gravel cyclists, road cyclists, mountain bikers can take their training performance to the next level. For big, long, grueling races like Barry Roubaix, Unbound, Reggie Ramble, Hurton and Halliburton, and the like, gravel cyclists Road cyclists and mountain bikers need to step it up on the off-season in order to ride faster come next spring. Hi, my name is Sylvie Dow, your uh, podcast host, and did you know that I am a Level 3 Canadian Performance Cycling Coach? turned gravel rider and racer. I have been coaching for almost 20 years. I have a woman's cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks, who I've coached over a thousand women in that program. And also I have raced myself for eight years. I have been coaching this winter program that I'm going to share with you since 2005, and I've coached hundreds of people there in cycling skills. I am super excited to add a gravel twist to the program. But let's be realistic. Cycling is cycling. Hills are still hills. No matter what type of bike you are riding, it all comes down to how you ride your bike and the skills required to make your cycling riding and cycling and racing experience a fun and easier one. So this program is starts this fall, it's already started, and it finishes in April. So to take advantage of the program, I highly recommend that you jump in as soon as you can. Don't feel that you've already missed out. It's a subscription. So we have people jumping in all the time. So don't miss out. So let me explain how and my winter online cycling skills membership works. So for a monthly fee, I provide a weekly live on Zoom cycling skills session. This includes pedal stroke efficiency, bike form, hill climbing, speed, strength, and much more. I organize a Saturday group ride on Swift. Um, organize a Tuesday night interval and race session on Swift. We have an amazing Facebook accountability group. Uh, you have access to a real coach, and that's me. We start 
the training with four hours a week and move to six hours in the new year. This is to create a sustainable and achievable time frame for training and getting enough training in to make it count. Um, we are not here to overwhelm anyone with the amount of training. If you cannot get that in, it's not a problem. The real night you want to be tuning into is Thursdays for skills. You take the skills and apply them to whatever training it is that you are currently doing. We also have add-ons such as weekly strength training sessions and yoga. So my program provides or removes all the guesswork and questions around how and what to train. So many programs I found online simply provide training plans that are so complicated. You get them through automated text or emails with little to no support. And definitely they do not touch on cycling skills which is the base of all things training. My membership adds the convenience and organizes the training for you. The best part is we train together as a community and it doesn't matter what level of fitness you are at. So that's the beauty about this. Everybody's doing their own thing. They have their own uh, goals, but we're all training together. So for more details... Text the word cycling to 819-809-0999. That's text the word cycling to 819-809-0999. You will receive a text message with a link to the program and the sign-up sheet. So until October 31st, you have an opportunity to sign up for 50% off. So don't hesitate and don't wait. So here are some of the current goals of our clients who are in the program. And as I mentioned, don't think that you've already missed out. It's a membership. You can jump in anytime and get started. Um, so here are they are. Keeping my summer fitness. Riding 100K by the spring. Ready for spring gravel Grand Fondo cycling events. Better pedal stroke. Climbing hills faster improve efficiency on the bike. Again, for more details, text the word cycling to 819-809-0999. And I look forward to meeting you and helping you attain your winter training goals, no matter what they are. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Secrets and Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dew. And I just want to give a shout out to some new countries that have jumped on to listening to the podcast. We have Brazil and what was the other one? Spain. No, it wasn't Spain, but I think it was Brazil was the first one and we have Singapore. So I just want to shout out to our listeners over there. So today we have an amazing um, woman who has started a business in the uh, bike touring local um, industry here in Ottawa. Now I've, we've been, I've been bugging her and we've been trying to get, make this work and we finally got her on. So it's Maria Razuli 
And she has, she is the founder and operator of Escape Tours and Rentals in Ottawa. So I'm in Ottawa as well. well I'm in Chelsea, which very, very close to Ottawa. She moved to Canada in 2002 to pursue and complete her PhD. After several years of teaching at Carleton University Business School and Management Consulting, she decided in 2015 to pursue her passion for cycling, an activity that she could not do as a woman in her home country of Iran. So um, Maria and her company have won several city and tourism industry awards. She has been featured in the New York Times travel section, The Guardian, Flight Network, CBC Radio, TV, and many other international travel blogs and magazines such as Spiegel. Wow. So I, I am, I've met her when um, I did an interview for uh, a bike company. It's Jason um, of Retro Rides in Ottawa. She had her business together with him. So I should have got her at the same time, but now we're bringing her in and I can't wait to hear her story coming to Canada and being a professor and then an entrepreneur. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I'm looking forward to meeting her and getting to know her as well. So let's get to it. All right, everyone, welcome back. We have Maria Rasuli here from Ottawa. Like I mentioned, we're both neighbors. We've met a while ago, and I don't know why I didn't have her on the podcast before, but I'm super excited to have Maria share her business and her, and her, um, I guess, her story on how she got into cycling and her passion about it. So Maria, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Sylvie. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad we were having a little bit of a tough time trying to get this together. (laughs) And I'm glad that we finally made it work. So I always love to ask the first question on how you got into cycling and how it led you through that journey to making a business out of your passion. So how did you get into cycling? Yeah, you know, to be honest, I think as kids, we are all into cycling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As we have uh, bikes, right? Uh, So I think that's just something that uh, I did as a child and uh, we all did and loved the freedom that it was giving us. So my story goes back to the fact that how I got out of cycling because I was someone who was in Iran and I was a woman. So uh, generally in Iran, uh, women are not allowed to bike or do any outdoor sports such as running, playing tennis, playing soccer, you name it, anything that is related to outdoor activities, women are not allowed. So as soon as my childhood was some, but I was not allowed to bike anymore. <gasps> really? Yeah. So yeah. it hits at like a certain age, like you can enjoy your childhood, but then once you turn yeah. into a teenager, that's it? Yeah. It's around the time that yeah. you puberty, you know, it's your body that is telling the world that, okay, now you're grown up and it's not appropriate anymore. Uh, wow. 
So, yeah, I know, I know. It's a very, very unfortunate uh, situation. So that's how I got out of cycling or I was not allowed to bike anymore. And uh, I usually uh, tell people uh, there are two ways for women to be free in Iran. One is to for them to marry so they're not being, you know, kind of uh, uh, scrutinized all the time. The other one is to focus on your schoolwork. If you're a good student, people leave you alone. <laughs> so oh. I decided to be a good student. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? <laughs> so that gave me a lot of freedom in terms of pursuing my academic interests and going to the university, doing my bachelor and master's. And then, you know, I left Iran uh, to come to Canada to do my PhD. I know I like, okay, ad- academia. Oh, look, I can go to college in Europe. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Oh, it's smart a, girl. Yes, yes. Uh, that was a pretty much a, a kind of pretty much the smoothest way for someone like me as a woman, if you're, you know, single, if you're from like really, you know, we weren't rich at all. We were in fact poor, you know. The school was my path to freedom and that's what really brought me here. Um, but somehow, I don't know, I always had this uh, kind of passion and the idea that, you know, as soon as I get to Canada, I want a bike. And uh, one of my professors in school was actually had spent a year before uh, his sabbatical here in Ottawa. And when he was coming back, I was in touch with him while he was in Ottawa. And when he was coming back to Iran, I told him, could you leave your bike there for me? Uh, I want it when I when I make it to Canada. So he left me in the garage of a friend uh, where he was staying, uh, and it happened that I was uh, decided to rent a room from the same friend. So yeah, I really literally it was an afternoon, July 25th. I got out oh. of the airport, took a cab to this location, put the luggages in the house, and uh, went out uh, biking. Oh my God, that's that's awesome! It, it is, it is. The bike, the bike was an extra large frame, though. Yeah, I was just thinking. Oh, I wonder that bike fit. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure you like. Oh, I'll trade it down for a bike my exactly, size. Exactly, exactly. So that was that was a lot of joy, and still, you know, that really did not. Uh, I mean, I just went out in the neighborhood and bike, and uh, then I started my uh, my school. But uh, gradually started to kind of venture out into the neighborhood. And I remember the first bike path I discovered in Ottawa was the river, uh, Riverside Drive. Basically, I was close to Heron and Riverside and Ottawa. Yep. Sorry, Rideau River Pathway. Yeah. And I went there and I kept going. And then I was like, I can't believe there is such a thing as bike path. Uh, I- <laughs> Oh, such a thing existed. Like, you know, we didn't have that kind of terminology where I was from. So I was just so amazed by it. And it just, uh, yeah, encouraged me to explore more and more. So the first 12 years I was in Canada, I didn't have a car. I was just biking everywhere. And I got to just see so many things and learn so Mm -hmm. many yeah, so life moved on and uh, finished the school, you know, started teaching in school, doing, you know, some uh, office work, doing you know, management consulting work. Uh, but I always had a bug for outdoor and uh, 
being in an office just was not something that mm-hmm. I find myself, uh, you know, kind of satisfied with. So, uh, yeah, I did it for a while, you know, five, six years. I don't even remember the time since all. <laughs> I know, hey, so fast. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, I feel like I'm getting old, you know. <laughs> that was, you know. <laughs> Cycling keeps you younger. That's true, that's true, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I did it for a while, and then uh, I just uh, I went through that, uh, I guess, uh, some sort of uh, life crisis that we all go through, probably, you know, what do we want to do in our life, you know, that's going to make me happy, do I want to do this for the rest of my life, and uh, I did a lot of reflection, and uh, I constantly went back to the memories of my childhood and biking. And, uh, you know, I felt I was so happy when I was biking. What can I do to be, you know, to replicate that happiness again? Mm-hmm. Uh, in parallel with that, we have a great city for cycling. You know, it has a lot of bike paths. It's so green. It's so incredible compared to many other cities in North America. So we have this beautiful and well-developed infrastructure. And then... In parallel with that, we have a city that is really doesn't have a good reputation. A lot of people think it's boring, it's not fun. What? Well, you know, I don't agree with that, but (laughs) a lot of people talk about Ottawa like that. So I was like, hey, I love biking. This city has great biking infrastructure. I love this city. How can I mix all of this to, to have a happy career? and also change your perception about this city. So that's how kind of uh, this thing went through my head and the idea was uh, conceived. I had done uh, bike tours in Europe and I loved it. And I kept thinking, why not doing it in Ottawa? We have everything we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did face a lot of, uh, a lot of, I would say, uh, Reluctant in a sense that because uh, a lot of people in North America think of biking as a competitive activity. So Mm. a lot of people, their first question is that how fast do you go? How hard is it? So automatically associated with performance biking. Mm -hmm. Something that I wanted to change people's perception and say, you know what, you can bike and be happy. Yeah. Wow. So that's how it all came about. So then you decided that it should be a touring company. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good that there's you have rentals, because I only know of one other rental company mm-hmm. in Ottawa. That's Bike yeah. Rentals. That's yeah. what they're called, Ottawa Bike Rentals. But how does... What did you start doing to get yourself recognized? Like I noticed you've you've been in a lot of the the well the local radio station and some travel guides, but how did you really get your um first option? Have you always been on Spark Street or have you been in yeah, other I mean, places in the yeah, that's a very good question. And, uh, you know, uh, when you look at the business right now, it's been, it's eight years of really, really hard, 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 hard work. You know, I would have <laughs> as hard if I would, would have stayed where I was with my <laughs> work and teaching. Uh, so 
the first few years I was still working in winter and you know sales with my other you know jobs. Uh, when I started, I started with nothing. I started with a website only. And uh, if people would find me online and they ask to basically do a tour, I would rent from uh, there is a company called Cycle at uh, Pretoria Bridge. Uh, really, really yeah. nice bike shop. Uh, they rent bikes as well. So really, really nice people. I have a lot of respect for them. Uh, so I would rent from them and start my tours there. Uh, oh, so, good yeah. idea. Yeah, smart, yeah, start yes. smart. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah, more. I started like that. Um, it got to a point that uh, I needed more bikes and I needed more uh, kind of planning. So let's say if I have a group and I need the bikes and they were busy with bike shop stuff, uh, it would have been hard to get them to focus on my business when they had a business to run. So mm. at a small scale, it was perfect. As it got bigger, um, I realized that I needed to kind of find a more sustainable solution. So this mm-hmm. year I got a business loan and I bought a trailer and 20 bikes and I bought a permit from Sparks Street to like leave the trailer at Sparks and O'Connor for the season. Oh. Yeah. And that's where I was basically uh, doing my tours. I wasn't renting uh, bikes, uh, but then I was getting inquiries for corporate, for school. So there were a group of 40 or 50, and I didn't have the capacity. Mm-hmm. 2017 coincided with the 150th celebration, and we yeah. a huge surge of tourism. And I thought I couldn't let go of that opportunity, even though I wasn't really ready for <laughs> to a break from mortar. I was like, I have to take the leap because if groups are coming and people are coming, I need to have the product to, to be yeah. able to the market. So in 2017, I leased a small location um, at 65 Sparks. And that's when I moved there, the official year of going to break and mortar. In terms of how to uh, how I got, you know, to to for people to learn about me. I always say that my biggest marketing tools are our customers. So mm-hmm. we did a lot of word of mouth. We get reviews uh, from customers who are happy. So as they comment online about you know the services that we offer, people come because they, they know that we offer good quality service. Also, a lot of good partnership with Ottawa Tourism. They are fantastic. They are in the business of promoting tourism businesses. So they brought a lot of good media personalities to take tours with us. Uh, so that way we also got uh, got some leverage. Yeah. And then well, the most important thing, sorry, is of course yeah. people, you know, without <laughs> when I started the business, I never thought of needing someone to help me. Uh, I was very naive. I just mm. take people out to a tour. I didn't realize that you can't really you know, have a sustainable business with one person running tour every day for six months. So I needed people. That gets a bit tiring, right? Oh my God. The first year I was wishing for a rainy day in summer. I, oh. I, I just couldn't do it every day. It was so hard. I was pleased. I need a rainy day to rest. So yeah, <laughs> great stuff. And they are key to our success. So do you do organized bike tours, like somebody leads them, or do you set up like uh, routes for people to bike on? 
Uh, we do mainly, uh, well, we can do both, but mainly we have predetermined rules and basically timeline or style or, you know, like we have a two hour, two, three hour tour that people can sign up and join. Uh, okay. So do a custom tours. We have clients, returning clients who come back every year. And since we know what they've seen so far, we kind of design new tools for them every year. Oh. So yeah, it's uh, both options are available. And then we also have some, you know, I have created some little loops and maps and guides for people who rent bikes and want to go on their own. So at least they, they know where they are going. Yeah. <laughs> and how to get back here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's a loop. <laughs> it's not a one way. <laughs> That's right. Or go to out and back, go to the canal, go up and back down and come back. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about the bike tours and maybe mm -hmm. which one is the most popular yeah the most uh, so i think it's all about positioning so when i started the company my philosophy was that biking for every everyone so i want everyone to come and feel that as long as they know how to bike they can manage it so mm -hmm. So, uh, we have the two-hour tour, which is our most uh, kind of basic tour in a sense that you get to see all the major attraction, history, you know, downtown core. But it's also very, very comfortable and easy that 99% of the people have been able to complete it. Right. So it's easy route. It's only 12 kilometers, but it has a lot of stops. Because, uh -huh. uh, we often tell people that this is a tour learning and seeing the city using the bicycle. This is not a biking tour. Oh, yeah. No cool. panniers. We're just like, so where, yeah. is, where is that 12 kilometer loop? So we start with uh, the canal, of course. Right. Classic, you know, we uh, jump to the Quebec side. Uh, we go to okay. the Museum of History. Come back through Alexandra Bridge. We go through some back roads of Byward Market. Uh, we go see Rideau Hall. Uh, Rideau. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, a bit more on Rideau Canal. So there's a lot of stops everywhere. You know, Major Hills Park. So when you come back from the tour, you feel like you really learn about Ottawa and you know its history. It's a uh, oh. 101. Ottawa 101. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So do you, do you spend extended time at each stop or is it just sort of like a little stop, take some pictures or do you have um, something more ex extensive? I mean, two hours isn't very long for. Yeah, I know. For, I know. Yeah. I mean, it's imagine like, we, I know we struggle with uh, covering 12 uh, kilometers in two hours. We struggle because we always have so much to say. And yeah. Yeah. To be a balance. You can't just talk. <laughs> Uh, so yes, uh, this, the stops are about five minutes, 10 minutes, depending on if there are questions or, you know, if how much the guide wants to talk about certain aspects, you pictures, know, exactly. pictures, bathroom break, water break, you know, so they all add up. Uh, so generally, yeah, the, we've had, we've had five-year-old. So I had two five-year-olds so far who have completed the tour. Oh, awesome. Like seven-year-old, 75-year-old. So I like to look at this range and say, you know, so we are collecting these statistics. We have five-year-olds who can complete it. 
Yeah, that's right. If a five-year-old can do it, so can you. <laughs> Although we have to be careful because you know what embarrass people. <laughs> I know, eh? See, these five-year-olds are like, uh, you know, yeah. winter skier, cross-country skiers, and they already into triathlons so i noticed that um when i went to, well i was in i was in your shop not in your shop because you were with retro rides um that you have now electric bikes oh yeah, oh, yeah. is that bringing or allowing more people to go further and Absolutely. having because i know with um i've heard from other bike shops that it's kind of like that dynamic you have the husband that is a big time cyclist and you put the wife on the electric bike and everybody's happy is yeah, that kind yeah. of like absolutely or, yeah 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 that's 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 a great question yeah it's, it's been a game changer in uh family outing uh, right outing for sure that's that's a huge factor we see it all the time um I had the electric bike since 2017, uh, but it has, I've seen a huge boom. Uh, <laughs> Evolution? Yeah, yeah, like a, a lot of uptake uh, probably since pandemic. Um, what I've also noticed is that before um, we had a lot of Europeans who would take e-bikes because they're about 10 years ahead of us, if not more. Right. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So they would come and they would ask for electric bike. And interestingly, mm -hmm. Even the young ones would ask for it. It's just a way of commuting for them. And I was always like, uh -huh. you're 16, why are you taking e-bike? But, you know, it's just they're used to it. Um, so we had a lot of Europeans, including young ones, who would take e-bike. Uh, in North America, we had a lot of folks who were 50 plus who were taking e-bikes. But yeah. that changed. In the last two years, again, I've seen the same thing that was happening in Europe, uh, regardless of age, people are taking e-bikes. Uh, uh, for some people, it's a matter of uh, kind of balancing the family, you know, kind of skill level. Yeah. And for some others, it's a novelty factor. Well, I don't have it at home, so I want to rent it or I want to take it on a tour and, you know, experience what it is before I buy it. For uh -huh. some people, I don't have much time. I really want to go to Champlain Lookout and I have three hours. Oh. With e so, <laughs> and I always say, please be respectful. This twenty kilometers speed. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I was gonna ask if mm -hmm. uh, Champlain Lookout was part of your tours. So, oh no. Yeah, go ahead. Or, so is it just like the odd individual that comes in? It's like, I just want to go up to Champlain. I want to experience it. Yeah. I want to get the picture. And you, like you said, you don't have much time. This yeah. bike will get up, get you up there in half the, yeah, <laughs> half the yeah. time. Back. Yeah, I have to try that. You should, you should. I think I tried it and I, I made an excuse that, you know, I'm product testing. <laughs> I need yeah, to that's right. I need to know the power of these bikes before I give it to my clients. So, yeah, I zoomed uh, to Champlain. Was it nice? Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> you feel guilty as you're passing by all these cyclists who are working hard. Uh, but partly, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah. I was thinking about it because, um, not to get off topic, but as a coach, I do mm -hmm. a lot of one-on-ones. And I'm like, you know what? And Because... In the past, 
back in the day or in the past, it would be like a scooter, right? You'd get a scooter yeah. and you'd yeah. follow your faster client. So I'm like, yeah. ah, a e-bike would be great because then I'm not yeah. like dying all the time yeah. and I could yeah. do back-to-back clients and exactly. <laughs> not die. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, maybe I should rent one for one of those um, sessions. Yes. And uh, just try it out because, uh, yeah, because there's nothing worse than trying to talk and like, <gasps> and like, you yeah. know, give instruction and follow yeah. somebody, you know, yeah. um, on your own bike. And I'm like, oh, e bike's the way to go. But so, yeah, on that note, I, I highly uh, encourage you to do that. You know, I was one of those people, I'm the purist, you know. If I want a bike, I want the real bike. I don't want electric. Or if I'm, you know, I don't want the technology to interfere with my life. I want to be in nature. I want to pedal. But then I was thinking, who am I to tell people how to get <laughs> nature? If electric bike is getting them out, power to them, uh, power to electric bikes. So I really, you know, I had a kind of reflection that it's not right for me to say, oh, electric bikes yeah. as good as regular bikes. They are definitely getting more people out and they are, you know, they are becoming very popular. So I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. I like that too, actually, Maria, that um, you're seeing more people out on bikes that probably wouldn't necessarily be on bikes. I'll yeah. just, I'll just tell you. <laughs> little little story i was over in low doing a, a bike ride and there's this fairly steep like really steep hill so i was just okay. like i was biking on it and i could hear somebody coming up behind me okay. <laughs> i just looked back and there's this guy like i don't think he would have been on a bike otherwise but he just okay. motored past him and his wife passed me i'm just like <laughs> i'm just like e-bikes right they're like yeah woo. <laughs> I just yeah. like, oh my god and they're just like we're just out to do our loop I'm like nice, nice. you know and I you know I don't think I I'm not generalizing anybody but they probably wouldn't be on a bike otherwise do you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. um and I was just like power to you I'm glad you're still turning your pedals while you're doing that as yeah, I'm yeah. like dying on the side <laughs> like, yeah. I was just like they just like blew past me I was like oh my god but I know so it's uh, similar to that I have, I have clients who take the e-bike and they say they just want to have that option in case they feel they're stuck and they come back and they haven't yeah. at all but it just takes away that fear and concern that oh I'm going to slow down the group or I may not be able to do that you know what the hell I'm going to take it and mm -hmm. I will use the assets if I don't it's a regular bike I can use it yeah so you have you have people in groups using them or do they in your groups all have an yeah, e-bike or is it all mixed, mixed? And, it's mixed and match like oh, really eh? add-on option and we always say uh, that because you have e-bike, it doesn't mean that we're going to go faster. The pace is the pace. That oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and they know that. They don't assume that because some of them have e-bike. Therefore, the rest have to keep up with them. E-bike is for people who want to make sure that they are not holding the regular side. Basically. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. 
because yeah. um, we had a conversation in our cycling club about mm-hmm. allowing people to have e-bikes. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if we're there yet, mm-hmm. but how do you find it? Like, um, I, are people able to control them properly? Uh, yeah, it's basically it's different level of assist that you can choose. You can choose zero and use it like a regular bike. Uh, I would say the majority of my clientele use what we call eco, first level. It's the most gentle level that okay. out the weight of the bike, make it almost like a carbon bike. So, mm. uh, and they're comfortable with that. Every now and then when there is a hill, uh, I realize a lot of people are afraid of hell, so they know that they can go higher and kind of conquer that hill and then go back yeah. to regular mode. Uh, we have like families who all of them take e-bike and they want to go to a private tour and we tell them, it doesn't mean you're going to go fast because you're on vacation and we want to make sure you <laughs> plus the speed limit in you know, our bike path. Uh, yeah. It's 20 kilometers, so we are not going to go fast. And they totally understand that people don't take them for. I don't think the speed is the main factor in choosing an e bike, is the fact that I will be able to do this route, I will do this distance, I will be able to keep up with the group. That's the main motivation for trying to choose it. Right. Cool. So what are your plan now that your your season's closed? Mm-hmm. That's how I was able to get your your time now that everything's finished. So you moved back to your original spot and that's uh 79 Sparks. So we were at 79 Sparks in the last two years with uh bike cafe and retro. Okay. So, yeah. so uh since they are moving, we will go back to our original spot, which was 65. Which is only a few doors away from, yeah. you know, it's like literally people don't know the difference. And that's a good thing. We are still on the same block and we're still going to operate uh, as usual. Uh, so, yeah, just moving a few doors back to the original spot. So when do you get started next year? Like when's your starting? Is it soon as it uh, nice enough or... Yeah, as soon as there is demand, uh, we do start. So it really, if if the weather is cold and clients want to go out on a tour, we are like, sure, let's do it. I remember one year I had a tour on March 20th. <laughs> the weather was... Oh, was that the nice March 20th? Yeah. It was like, yeah, super warm and then it got yes. really cold again. Yes. <laughs> so, but officially we start mid-April. Right. Start, you know, getting some traction. Uh, we do a lot of our preparation before we close in terms of building our bikes for the new season and everything. But still, there will be more to do. So we do a lot of prep work in April, and then oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what uh, what keeps you busy during the winter besides planning? Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. something well, else? Do you disappear south? <laughs> I wish. I wish. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> A little bit of that, a little bit of everything. So basically from April to almost uh, November, it's pure operation. Mm-hmm. So basically the rest of the year allows me to plan, think, you know, kind of develop the marketing material, update the website, come up with new ideas, do a lot of sales and development. So right. that 
purpose, but it's more flexible. So I don't have to be in the shop, uh, which is nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just do a lot of uh, other activities. I tell my friends, I'm a, I'm a seasonal friend, so I suddenly reappear <laughs> in November <laughs> and, you know, see friends and then I disappear again in April. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm back. I'm gone. Exactly. exactly. Traveling a little bit for sure, yeah. Um, the, in the past, I've done some skiing, but this year I want to do more traveling to some warmer places. Yeah, I get you. Mm -hmm. yeah. So do you have anything that you can share about next year's plans, like any changes that um, well, or implementations that you know of that you're going to be doing them differently? So we will keep doing what we've been doing, but always, of course, one after stuff uh, I think our newest uh, addition that we did uh, about a year ago and this year was our official year we had a paddleboard uh, kayak canoe oh, no. rental yeah really yeah so we were doing that uh, at uh, Ottawa River uh, at Jacques Park yeah so uh, yeah I started uh, my passion is cycling, but also love outdoors. So I started doing uh, uh, sunset kayak tours. Uh, oh, such wow. an incredible magic experience. Uh, whenever we did it, I was like, oh my God, this is why I'm doing this. It was just so magical to see the sunset on Ottawa River when everyone was out for dinner and <laughs> the river was quiet. So uh, we will continue doing that, focus more on the water side for sure. And now that the bike side is more established, we'll continue doing private kayak tours, uh, sunset kayak tours. Um, ideally, I would love to kind of develop more kind of French uh, bike tours on the other side, but we didn't do that because of the pandemic. We need enough volume and enough demand. And yeah, yeah. have that volume. But yeah, it's a great experience uh, being on Ottawa River on paddleboard. I personally started doing it uh, a year and a half ago, and it's one of my favorite activities. Yeah, we just got a paddleboard ourselves. Mm -hmm. We went and bit the bullet. We saw one on sale, and we're like, okay, let's let's try it out and yeah. see. And then, like everybody's been on it except for me. But uh, yeah. you know, I'm like, well, I guess maybe we might need to get another one. Yes, yeah, maybe another one. So we got yes. the blow up one so that they're easily okay. to, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to to pack away and yes. and and transport things like that. So yeah, so that's definitely going to be on our uh, summer agenda for sure. So so where do you do that again from? You you said Jacques Cart oh Jacques Cartier yeah. Park on yeah. the Quebec side. Yeah, yeah. Alexandra Bridge. Uh, so you cross Alexandra Bridge. Uh, Museum of History is on your uh, left side. Yeah. So we are right on the right side, uh, almost after the bridge, where the marina is. Yes. Okay. Uh, right at the bike path as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because, like, is that where you store your boats as well? Yes. Oh, perfect. Because I was, yeah. I was thinking, I'm just like, where are you up the river? Because it's more like more rapids and it gets low and everything, so that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So you could basically bike there and and uh, do your paddle boards, or you just do they're separate, or have you merged the two? Yes, yes, and actually that's a that's a good point you brought. Uh, one thing 
started uh, late, uh, like really, because there are so many things and we started late almost in August, late August. Right. This product, our website is called Pedal and Paddle. So basically the idea is that you rent a bike from us on Sparks, you do a little loop, then you stop at uh, our paddleboard location. You either choose a kayak or a canoe or paddleboard and you do you know, paddling for an hour. And then you come back to our location. So it's like a combo product. Oh, perfect. Yeah, which is a discount of the price too, if you do both of them. So you have four hours to pedal and paddle with us in our two. <gasps> yeah, yeah. So that is really that, cool. So that's yeah, going to that, be your big marketing. You're going to be marketing that hard for next year. Yeah, yeah, that's something that I really like to do because we do see a lot of uh, kind of cross-promotion opportunities uh, with our clients who walk in and do a bike tour and they're looking for other activities to do. And we're like, by the way, we have this, but uh, we've been a bit, uh, we haven't done a good job in uh, promoting them proactively. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we are too late in the game when we tell them about them. So I want to do a better job in kind of promoting uh, that side and that type of activity as well, because I think there's a, there's a great opportunity for tourists to see the city and- uh, Oh yeah, by the, the water. On the water, in fact. Yeah, yeah. especially below the, um, below the, the dam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think people realize there's a dam in Ottawa. Yeah. You know, and, and if you've, you've never really, you have to take a hot air balloon or oh. a flight or a plane, but you don't, I did it once and it's just really cool to see from the, from yeah. the air. Yes. And I, I don't think people notice it's even there. Yeah. I know. No, I can be kayak, be kayak to Rideau or Falls and that's, that's a very nice Yeah. Thing. You can get really close. So. Yeah. Oh my God. That's super exciting. So that website is pedal and paddle. So that's uh, that's basically a product that is under our escape website. Uh, okay. Combo packages like we have, I think uh, there is a page if I may look. Uh, that's called packages. So I can send you the link. Uh, yeah, let's put that up there as well because it would be great to have a direct link for people to go check that out yeah. because. Um, I don't know when you start taking, uh, um, I don't know, reservations, mm -hmm. January maybe, or do you? Yeah, our reservation is um, open right now. Like we, our calendar is open. We have uh, everything open, but uh, the nature of our business is, uh, you know, seasonal, it's weather dependent. Yeah, yeah. The majority of people are going to wait until the week before and they want to see the weather. So, but it is open and yeah, that mm -hmm. Just under our tours, we, we have special tours and packages and our pedal and paddle is there. Yeah, everything is pretty much up for reservation. And we do we do a lot of private events, uh, a lot of private tours, uh, corporate. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool. Yes. Now yeah. are the majority of your um participants or your clients are they from ottawa or do they or they're coming in town mm -hmm. like they're true tourists or they're more yes. from ottawa um 
pre-pandemic, I would say 95% were tourists. Yeah. Since the pandemic, that has changed. Still, you know, the ratio is very high. Still, I'm looking at 80 to 85% tourists and the rest uh, being uh, residents of Ottawa for bike-related activities. Okay. Paddleboard and kayaking can rent all. It's, I would say, almost half and half. Uh, so, and I always say the reason is that a lot of people can have their own bike in Ottawa and store it yeah. in the shed, but not everyone can have a kayak or canoe or paddleboard. So mm-hmm. that one is more kind of uh, a lot of locals would take that as rental versus biking, but a lot of them have their own bike. Yeah, I would say, oh my God, that is super exciting. I had no idea. Wow. All right. Well, what else can you tell us before we bring it to and um, put a bow on this episode? You mentioned corporate. Yes. I mean, that's something that we do all the time, private tour and corporate tours. Uh, my okay. favorite kind of uh, tour because clients would come to us and say, these are the things that we are looking for. And I love creating new itinerary and, you know, kind of experimenting with uh, new ideas. Giving you an example, um, like uh, last uh, season, I had a client who had taken, uh, like they come every year and take a private tour with us. And they said, oh, we've heard about uh, the art uh, route in the hall. You know, there are a lot of street arts. uh, Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's really nice. Uh, The Ottawa Tourism has created basically this walking route where you stop in different stops in downtown hall and you experience uh, street art, uh, um, different aspects of, you know, culture over there. So the client was saying, you know, I'm curious about this. So I was like, that's a great challenge for me to develop a bike tour. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I spend my time really assessing the route and balancing the stops with, you know, biking. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. along that little canal system in Hull, right? And they have Hardly. like... Yeah. Yeah. Hardly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then to stop for food. So kind of when you put, put the food stop, which part of the, you know, the trip, you know, in the three hour time that we have together. So those are really interesting things for me when a client come and request certain things. And, then, you know, that gets my creativity and imagination going and excited to show the city to them and kind of make them feel wow this was great this is a great city I want to come back and spend more time here yeah it's almost like god you need so much more time Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get Mm -hmm. to cram everything in but that's cool that they come you can uh do um if they come to you with an idea as to what they want to see in Ottawa because I've, um, I sat in a presentation with a representative for the uh, sustainable transportation, somewhere it was Ottawa based, and maybe you know of her, uh, Jennifer uh, Stolbert, but she uh, highlighted like 10 places in Ottawa that you can stop in half I knew and half I didn't had never even heard of, like they're like either historical or they're like flower gardens of some sort, like, um, like what really? And they're all like kind of off the bike path. Yes. Yeah. 
You see, one of the one of the things yeah, you were telling me that what is the last thing I want to say uh, is that a lot of Ottawa residents, when they hear of a bike tour in Ottawa, they're like, oh, I bike everywhere. I know everything. Yeah. I don't need that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would tell you every single Ottawa resident who has been, uh, who is an avid cyclist and has cycled everywhere. First of all, my, my number one uh, thing that I tell them, I'll bring you to places that you haven't biked. And then <laughs> I give you your money back if you don't learn anything in this tour. <laughs> because, nice. because we all think we know the city, but... Mm-hmm. We really, because when we design our tours, we, we don't look at it as, you know, cycling. We look at it, you know, how we can make this an engaging activity that mm-hmm. we're and enjoy. So I wish that Ottawa residents would kind of <laughs> reconsider that, you know, that, you know, there is so much to learn in this tour. I oh, yeah. Who have biked in the city for 30 years. And they're like, even for me, there was something new in this tour. Yeah, so I invite uh, invite uh, other residents to bring uh, to send their guests uh, to us if they don't want to come themselves. I totally believe it because if you're an Ottawa resident that bikes, odds are you blow past those things all the time, yeah. and you're usually on a mission going somewhere, yeah. probably Champlain Lookout, and that's about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah. totally relate. Yes, that's amazing, Maria. And I'm so excited that we connected and that we got you on the podcast. I hope our listeners have taken away a couple of nuggets and have started to look at your website so for either potential visits here. It's reaching out to Maria and getting on a bike tour is probably the best way. It's probably way better than sitting in one of those bus tours, to be honest, get on an e-bike and you'll be able to go all over the city. Um, yeah. And come and visit us next year. Right, Maria? Come visit Exactly. Us. Come and say <laughs> hi when you see, when you're passing by Sparks Street, you know, I'm always looking for tour guides and great teams. So, you know, always say hi. And if you're ever thinking about that kind of uh, activity, uh, I am open and uh, really, really accessible. So reach out to me. I would love to connect. And, uh, Hey, did you hear that, guys? She's looking for tour guides. <laughs> if you want to come to Ottawa and get a really cool job, that might be something I might look at. <laughs> something yeah. to stay on my bike all the time. Yeah, but yeah. thanks so much, Maria. This has Thank been inspirational, and I'm actually going to take uh, a look. I think that that um, that uh, sunset paddleboard would be really, really mm-hmm. fun. Because yeah. I've seen the sunset on the Ottawa River from like mm-hmm. Britannia and it's yes. gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So sure. I can imagine like it's sitting over, setting over the city. It would be just yes. as uh, beautiful, if not more, because you got it the is. whole city in the background. Yeah. It is. It just makes you feel so grateful you're living in this city. Mm-hmm. A moment of pure gratefulness for sure. Yeah. Well, thanks so much again. And thanks to our listeners. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks again. And we'll see you on the next one. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.
everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode with Maria and took a couple nuggets away. I did not know that she was coupling up kayak tours with her bike tours. That seems super, super cool. And we were just chatting offline talking about uh, a tour to Wakefield. So if that's something that interests you on an e-bike, I think that would be the best way to go. Um, you have to send her a message on her website and say, hey, I would love to go to Wakefield. Um, so with that, I hope you have an amazing day. Enjoy your week. And we'll see you on the next podcast episode. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then... Have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.